This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. The Metaphysical Connection, Episode 15, Kadroshka Ona, Queen of the Paranormal, is brought to you by Zazzle, zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Kadroshka Ona, the Queen of the Paranormal, investigator and pioneer in the realm of the paranormal research, and Terry Harlow from Conscience Spirit Paranormal Group of New England, uh, joined... Walt Schnabel and me, Eric Render Kingfisk, at the Wooden Josh Inn in Dublin, New Hampshire. This time we discuss careers in the field of unexplained phenomenon, spiritual energy, and the recent social changes and their possible causes. All right, so let's. I'm going to. I'm going to get started first by introducing myself. I'm the uh, the host of the, uh, the Metaphysical Connection on the Fedora Chronicles Network. I am, of course, your host, Eric Render King-Fisk. And uh, here on my left um, is uh, our, our really, really special host this time, because we're hosting this. This is our first remote recording here for the Metaphysical Connection. Professor Walt Schnabel, author of the incredible blockbuster bestseller, Blood Club, and... Uh, well, it's a hey, it was a bestseller on my website. Well, that's so. okay. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's close enough. <laughs> All right, and um, so we also have a lot of um, first-time listeners as well here, thanks to our guests. So, Walt, tell us a little bit about yourself. About me? About well, when I said Walt, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> no, we're we're here to 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 talk about our special guest today. I don't want to talk about myself. Oh, okay. They can go back and listen to one of our past shows where where I talked about myself. But okay. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get. Get right to where we're going. Okay. And of course, uh, Terry, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. And... I am Terry Harlow here from New Hampshire. I am the founder and director of the Conscious Spirit Paranormal Group of New England. And we are based in Fitzwilliam, but we travel all around New England for paranormal investigations. Okay. And then finally, here on my right, we have. My name is Karosha Ona, which simply means in English, Carol and Anne, uh, Carol. And I am known as the queen of the paranormal in the paranormal industry. Uh, reason being is because I'm pretty familiar and very versed in all the aspects of the paranormal. In fact, I've been scaring people for a living for over 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good track record. That's yeah, cool. yeah. That's cool. I thought it said, you know, set the tone for the show. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. I love it. So being a horror writer, you can't beat that. So, so um, yeah. So, and um, let's get to let's get to the beginning here. Um, tell us about how did you get into involved in the paranormal? How, or in a, in a better way to ask, how did how did you get to this point? How did you get to today? As far as well, you called me up, and so therefore I'm here today. That's why I got here today. Physically, physically, but it all began. I'm going to have to many, many years ago when I was a child. Uh, my grandmother, my great grandmother, and um, it's hard to you know say that grandmother as it, I'm used to saying Babcha, um, Babcha Rogala with great grandmother, and uh, Starababka is older grandmother in Polish and Russian. Um, we're Polish on the Russian border. We had many relatives uh, that were in the Russian army as well and politicians in Poland. So we kind of went back and forth that way. Um, and they were dream interpreters, um, spirit communicators, and you just find yourself growing up in a household that's uh, bilingual. 
um, doing things that we have done for generations, and that was uh, interpreting dreams of neighbors and other family members. And, um, you know, they weren't really sure, like, you know, do I have the gift or, you know, the other relatives do, until I went out um, with my parents. We were in an old Volkswagen, and we were driving along there in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and um, I saw a graveyard, and I said, we have relatives that live there, I mean, are buried there. Well, yeah, they live there now. Mm-hmm. And permanently. So, yeah, permanently. <laughs> and my father said, not to his knowledge, and so I he, he, you know, he humored me, and I showed him on the little, you know, hills and valleys in there, and came right to the spot where we had the relatives, and it was amazing. And then my, when we got home, uh, my uh, my mother told my babcha, you know, uh, she has the gift because mm-hmm. she knew this, and we had never ever been there for any reason. And um, from there, you know, you start grooming that tool and using it more and helping your grandparents and uh, do the dream interpretation. How did that come through to you? How did, how did, what kind of a sense did you get? Do you remember? I know it was a long time well, ago. It, it, it's funny because I, <clears throat> I, I dream in Technicolor, literally. Yeah. I mean, I could make a movie out of my own brain. <laughs> it is that wow. sharp. Cool. Like you can, of course, Terry's laughing over here. She knows me well. She's like, oh yeah, she could do that. Um, I, um, I could smell inside the dream. And sometimes colors have aromas and I can taste and I can um, feel wow. and see And almost like be empathetic to different things that are happening in the dream. And so when someone comes to me and tells me their dream and wants me to so-called decipher it, Mm -hmm. um, they said they've been through all the dream books that they buy at the store. I tell them, don't get the dream book. Save yourself the money. Call Mm -hmm. someone that really knows about dreams that have worked in the dream industry Mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, Dreams are what they are. Sometimes they're nothing but just a darn dream. They mm-hmm. make no sense right. at all. Your mind's wandering in 50 directions at the same time. No, and embedded, that's, no embedded meaning necessarily. No, just, no, it's just dreaming. Just what it is. Yeah. But then there are dreams that are based on real life. So you have real life situations that come to you very marred and misshaped and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of... When you go to interpret a dream, you want to find out about the individual. What are they going through? What's their job like? Uh, are you going through menopause? Um, mm-hmm. Different types of things. And then hear the dream. So now you have a basis of how to draw a conclusion on what the dream means uh, and pertains to their real life. Mm-hmm. You can't do a cookie cutter for everybody because we're all individuals different. That's right. just like a, like a baseline. Mm-hmm. You might want to start there. But for kind of, those books are kind of like generalizations. About yeah, exactly. Things. Like when I dream of white, white to me as an individual means uh, a death, a uh, beginning of a new life, uh, jobs, uh, money. It, it's something brand new coming your way. Mm-hmm. Start of something new. And death is the start of something new. Mm-hmm. So usually after I dream white, I count three days and then I'll hear what is going on. And other people dream white. They're going to have a bad day. Other people dream white. Oh, geez, you know, they're going to have a great day. So there's no cookie cutter explanation right. to it. We're all different when we have these color dreams. What's the significance of the three days? Is there is there a significance to that? Or? Oh, it's like the well, seven days. You know, there was there's a movie called is, The Well. Three, three for me is a, is a magical number. Oh, it, all right. It, it's, got, it's got a lot of significance to it. Yeah, I was, I was just, uh, you know... Uh, doing a little lightheartedness when I said the well is seven days. It's a, oh yeah. Well, well yeah. anyways, mm-hmm. um, my things are like three days and why 
I just don't know because that's me. That's your thing. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's something intuitive. And, I, and I've seen that pattern over um, many, many years. Mm-hmm. You know, that three days, three days, three days. Like that. Something you know well. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> Karosha Ona. Karosha. Karosha. It's got kind of a rolling okay. R. Karosha. Yeah, Karosha Ona. Yeah, Karosha. Okay. That's, that's Eastern Karosha European. Karosha, yes, is uh, Russian, Polish, and Ona is uh, Lithuanian. Okay. Um, now, you, now, you also have, um, I noticed on your website, you have a, uh, a Native American strand to your, that's to, Ab- your to your bloodline yes, as well. Yes, Abenaki out uh-huh. of uh, Newport, Vermont, which my on the paternal side would be my father's father and uh, my father's father's father. Uh, and mother came from the Newport, Vermont area. Uh-huh. And that's where um, the largest population of Abenaki are, right. are centered right there. Right, right. There's, there's a, a lot of Native American uh, energy in this area where right. we are right now. And mm-hmm. I have studied that. I, I was talking to you before we started right. recording about that. So that's of, of real significance to me as well. And I mm-hmm. used a lot of that in my book, which... Hopefully, when you read it, you'll 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 see what I you'll mean. I will yeah. read it. I'm yeah. very curious yeah. about that. Yeah. No, um, but I was just wondering: is like if somebody was to say to you, "I've been having a very specific kind of dream, mm-hmm. and I've been having this specific kind of dream for a very long time." Like I have dreams of like traveling. Mm-hmm. Like almost all of my dreams have this. Sometimes there's this frantic trying to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And in this dream, I often lose something and then find it again and lose it and find it again mm-hmm. while going from point A, from wherever I started in the dream, to wherever. What, what do you think that means based it, on what little you know? Of I would have now? to say just basically knowing you, you know, having coffee with you and chatting with you on the, the phone. You have a busy day. You have a busy day in general. Going here, going there, going there, forgetting this, doing that. Oh my, I should have got those tomatoes for the salad. I gotta go back to the store. And then you're doing other things and you have kids. And so you have this world whipping around you. That's travel. Yeah. Forgetting your things or things you have to get and you, you find somewhere else. That's just everyday life because your brain is so chaotic with the travel throughout the day mm-hmm. that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So of course you're gonna have dreams that center on travel, uh, losing things, finding things, forgetting things, mm-hmm. you know, and the chaos or maybe the frustration having to, you know, go back to the store. Uh, it doesn't mean, you know, you really have to go back to the store. It just means that these things pop up in your dreams because that's what's happening during your day. But it's misshaped, like traveling is what you do during the day. You're going from point A to point B to point C, so you are traveling. So that mm-hmm. travel represents the travel throughout the day. Okay. Yeah. That's $50, please. <laughs> that's thought and that's cheap. Yeah, you know. really. I'm that's a bargain. A bargain. <laughs> do you take credit. Yes, I do. I got the PayPal swiper in the square. <laughs> okay. So, but you also, you're also involved in a lot of media that you, you have, like when I first spoke to you, you told me that you had all these scripts that you need to, to have read and you have all this media that you have to go through. Yes. What, yes. Where did the media come from, and, and, and what do you do for your bread and butter? What? 
I'm not going to say, oh, I'd have to say a professional uh, ghost hunter or paranormal specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot about the paranormal. I still actively go out on investigations, and sometimes I just do it for kicks and giggles in my own home um, or walks in the woods. I do it with the kids. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I am a skeptic. But where the uh, income aspect of it comes in is I'm hired to do lectures. I'm hired to do um, large Comic-Cons, not paranormal conferences. Paranormal conferences are different than, let's say, a Mm Comic-Con. At a paranormal conference, if you're lucky, if you get 50 people to buy tickets, if you get 150, oh, you've had a good day. Mm -hmm. And many of those people are not from the outside general public. They're more teams and vendors that are friends with teams and like that. Comic-Cons, I can run anywhere from 20 to 50,000 a day. Uh, People that I'm course i'm just reaching out and touching they come by uh, the table i am in the celebrity section we chat i'm very user friendly which mm-hmm. causes trouble you know because they think they can just come up and be touchy-feely like that a little too friendly a little bit yeah. too friendly mm-hmm. so you know you get paid um based on uh, going to the con uh how much experience you have how much you actually make for the con itself and they gauge that by how many people are at your table who's interested who's written in to have you back again mm-hmm. and are you user friendly like do you have uh we got to pick out all the the you know the what the red m&ms from the bowl i i don't have any of that i just say you know hire me and, we, and we'll work out the negotiation also you sell your autograph and so i do that i i wrote a book ghosts and legends of the merrimack valley which i also sell when I'm um, on the road, and also consultation with other paranormal groups. I don't believe in charging to go do a paranormal investigation, but if my expertise are called in to try to find out what's going on when a team can't find it, well, I'd like to be compensated for like gas or like I was telling you, a sub sandwich or coffee or just <laughs> something. Yes, you did discuss that. Right. Just give yeah. me, you know, like that. So um, that's where you see that coming in. Uh, all radio interviews. Um, I was with an agent who wanted to charge everybody for a radio oh, yeah. interview, that's and what I, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just said, I no, no, I'm not doing that because if you look at how much publicity costs, and I know you guys know how much that costs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a fortune to yeah. get publicity. So. Mm-hmm. You get free publicity by being on the radio. Why, why would right. you charge somebody right. for that? Right. I would just, I just don't do it. Uh, that, that's and me. You, and you'll get a whole new group of people right. to, to hear yes. what you're saying and right. what you're bringing through um, that you may not have connected to. Right, and mm-hmm. a lot of times at these uh, Comic Cons, and you are the general public is charged for using their cell phone just as much as if you bought a picture of them at the table, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't do that. I figure, again, social media is a great option. So you can take a cell phone picture of me, no problem, for free. And and I've used that to my advantage to be put on other Comic-Cons. And um, for right now, I'm still knocking on wood. I've been asked back to Chiller Theater now for the fourth time. I performed and appeared last April. And so this October, I'll, I will be there again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been the only paranormal person, you know, um, personality of name uh, invited to chiller and reason being is because i actually do this for a living it's i'm not a weekend warrior right. type mm-hmm. type thing so i actually do it i'm user friendly and i make money for the comic-con so they apt to hire me back absolutely yeah. it's yeah. your it's your life it's not just exactly. something you do well she is considered on. a paranormal expert yeah i would i would think yeah mm-hmm. absolutely 
Um, can you talk a little bit about your earlier life? I, I was very, we, um, for our listeners my, who, who, who don't know this. My um, last marriage? Uh, no. No? Okay, good. I don't <laughs> no, want to go there anyway. <laughs> I, I was talking about some of the interesting things that you did there, leading up to where you are now. Um, well, I, I did 85 shows under the name of C.C. Carroll. Again, the Karosha Ona, it was hard to pronounce, so we decided C.C. Uh-huh. would be a good name. Yeah. And my kids and I came up with, um, the, I guess, the branding of C.C. the Huntress, which was a paranormal adventure show live to tape long before the, the other shows became popular uh-huh. with teams. And I would do it, and my son would film me, and we would venture into wells, uh, swim up and around an ocean bend to get into a cave. I have to say she's a very, very physical person. <coughs> you have to watch what she's done. It's incredible. We will definitely have links on our on our website for, yeah. for wonderful for, for those so kinds you, of things. Yeah, oh, during low tide, and we were only I think we only spent twenty minutes in there. That that was a trip and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, swimming around that and then having to swim all the way back we're like oh my gosh uh horseback riding in the woods um different types of things because paranormal just does not exist in an inn or an old home no it's it's everything and it's it's 24 hours a day so i go out in the snow i go Mm -hmm. out in the rain um this is what i did on that program so being in that program i was picked up by ideal management for about five years and that was fun. I did the com, I, the paranormal uh, conventions. They're called Paracons. Mm. I work with the Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International. Every show out there, we all traveled together and did our events and whatnot. I wanted to be groomed for... I wanted to have development of what I did and um, to be put maybe more in the general public because I saw almost like a circle around all of us Paranormal's paranormal. Okay, well, I didn't want to just stick there. I didn't want to sing to the choir. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to sing to an audience of people that don't understand it that I could teach to. Right. So right. that's why I, I didn't have growth and development. After five years, I said, should have it by now. Mm-hmm. A great organization. It's time for me to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. And it kind of limited you. Yeah, to a certain I time. was limited. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was okay. People get caught up in, hey, I'm with the Ghost Hunters. Hey, I'm with Zach Baggins. Hey, you know, and all this stuff. And they don't think past that. They don't think of growth and development mm-hmm. for their own career, longevity. Right. Hey, I got to save for retirement, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm looking <laughs> at these different projects I yeah. want to do that are not just all paranormal. So I uh, hooked up with a couple of people. And my very first job was Chiller Theater. And uh, one of the gentlemen from Haunted Collectors, um, I'm just not even going to, I don't even want to get into who, but um, very, very bad, disparaging comment on why he tried for 11 years and couldn't get on the bill. And um, I was very gracious um, about it. And I just said, well, just keep applying, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was actually handpicked by the guy who owns and runs Chiller Theater to be there Mm -hmm. because I actually really do this. And um, so there's been a lot of hard feelings when I decided, um, I would go with the queen of the paranormal branding, and I had been using that since 2005. So when I trademarked it and put it out there, everyone thought like, oh my God, she's making up names. She's, ah, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I've been using it since 2005. She mm-hmm. said, you didn't hear it at this right, level. Right. You didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we have a little bit of ruffle feathers in the industry. 
And that's okay. It's it, it's com- it's um, what do you call it? Capitalism, mm-hmm. where you know you have McDonald's, you put a Burger King right across the street. Yeah, Pick and, the one and you there's want. a lot of ego in that industry. Yeah, yeah. And, there you is. know it, it doesn't serve people very well. I, I don't have time for ego. No, I just want to get out there and teach and and be with people and show them a different way, a, a refreshing way, mm-hmm. uh, to do the paranormal. And you know we all know the energy exists. But how to tap into it, right. that's where I come in mm-hmm. handy with, with different types of mm-hmm. applications. And uh, it's sort of mediumship, but not really. Um, it's a whole new different technique I developed over the years and where you can tap into it on your own without that interpretation of, let's say, a psychic medium sitting in front of you telling you what she thinks the spirits say. Mm-hmm. I let you experience it directly for yourself. That's the yes. best yeah. approach mm-hmm. because then people are able to find it on their own in their own way because i think exactly. everybody has i think everybody has the ability they just don't know how to to I use agree. it or they don't know how right. to tap into it yeah. somehow. exactly you know everyone you know. can play chopsticks we can all learn how to play chopsticks yeah. but can you develop and become a you know classic pianist i don't know you know you have well, to have some sort of a gift to be able to develop to that to level. some degree you right. know I, I i tried to learn the guitar when i was in college and mm-hmm. It didn't go well, you know. I, mean, I quickly realized I wasn't going to be the next Eric Clapton or anything close. Um, but so I got to the point where I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll just enjoy this. You know, sure. I, I'm not going to do it to, to play in bars or anything like that. It's, I just don't mm-hmm. have the talent for that. Uh, you know, I have other talents, and, and that's okay. But um, so I, I think your your talent is a talent. It's it's something that you were probably born with. Yes, you know, it's it a very through, unique talent. Yeah, and it comes probably, like you're saying, probably through your bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, it yes. tends to happen that way, I think. Yes. Um, as Same with being a musician or, or whatever it is. But I think everybody has some psychic ability, uh, maybe not to the degree that you have or that you have the access mm-hmm. to. But um, some people just aren't in touch with that at all. They, they just don't really even think that they can do it or that they or they're, or they're afraid of it maybe or something so I, I don't know what you what do you do with people do you do you do you try to get them to open up to their to their own abilities or well I try, um, I try to get them to realize that we all have an ability we have a gut instinct mm-hmm. we have an intuition mm-hmm. and that was given to us so we could stay out of danger we would know when danger was coming. Right. We would know right. when the weather is changing because they could feel the energy shift. Um, and this is long before we had housing. We were living in caves. Mm-hmm. You were given an intuition on how to hunt, how to, I guess, I'm not going to say prepare your food, but, but how to hunt, hunt in groups, how to stay out of danger. And that was your intuition. That mm-hmm. was your, your gut ability. Now, a lot of police officers um, have a gut ability as well. They, they always say on the shows, go with your gut instinct. Right. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. It really is true. Go with your instincts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I approach a person and let's say they're skeptic, I love working with skeptics because I bring them back to that innocent energy that they had when mm-hmm. they were born. Mm-hmm. The instinct, the APGAR score, you know, when you're an infant and they, they put your hand, you know, like this and your fingers clasp like like a little monkey grabbing mm-hmm. onto a vine or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, the look of it, that's all instinct. Mm-hmm. And you have that intuition, you have that gut ability to right. not go down that road because, mm-hmm. geez, I feel like there could be traffic or so I'm going to go this way. We all have it. It's, we have to learn how to fine-tune it, right. how to feel the energy mm-hmm. and use it for our own purposes, and that's what I teach them. Well, I, I think children are, are much closer to, to, 
to source. I, I call source I, the I, energy that absolutely. we, come, that we came so. from and, yeah. and that we go back to because when we're, when they're we still away. so innocent. Right. They're going and then by as, you, as you as you develop, in quotes, or get older, um, you get further and further away from that. Most right. people do. Um, you know, maybe maybe you're lucky enough to have kept, well, they're, kept they're, touch with that. But I think not, the world not, the world yeah. puts a blockage right. up for that. So, they learn not so to you trust have to their, right. Their they they don't trust themselves. They they don't right. trust the feelings that they have because the world is telling them so many different things, and, and it's more and more so all the time. The world is more yeah. and more confusing. For I, I worked with children, um, as we were talking about before right. we, we started, um, and 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 kids are are much more honest in some ways. They they they, you know, they they will respond to to you in a more honest way, right? Um, which is why I enjoyed working with them. For, so much. Adults are, are much more inhibited. They're much more closed. Oh, yeah. to right. And, and I'm sure you see that all the time when working mm -hmm. with people. Um, so we sort of have to get back to that if, if you can with that, that instinct, that childhood mm -hmm. innocence, like you said, which is a, a great word for it, I think. Right. You know, um, it's unfortunate that we lose that ability, I think. And, and I think at some point in time, uh, going back to, to the cave days, like you were talking about, I think we were probably much more instinctual and maybe even psychic. Mm -hmm. um, because, I would have to say so to you know, stay alive. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, if you yeah, talk yeah. about a group of people hunting, you know, they'd ha they'd have to communicate almost nonverbally to to keep right. from scaring the animals away or whatever mm -hmm. they were doing. So they'd have to communicate more in in that kind of sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And now that we've become more and more developed or modern or evolved, maybe maybe. I don't know if that's too strong a word for the human race. I'm not sure that that applies even. But I think we're, we're gradually losing that more and more. And we're becoming more and more technological and more and right. more. Very much. There's, there's more inhibition to, to our natural it's, instinct, even the natural a, world. I mean, right. I, that's why I love living in New Hampshire, because the natural world is just it's just here. You know, right. I, I'll, I'll take my dog for a walk um, and I'll see um, a baby bear in the road. Mm -hmm. or, or ducks in the pond or, or Canadian right. geese or something. And, and that brings you back to the, to the natural order of things and, mm -hmm. and what's, what's the real reality. Cell phones and all that stuff is, are impediments. To, I know we need them. I, I'm not a real cell, for, cell phone right. person myself, but Eric's more of a technology right. guy. Um, only because not, I have to not be. Not disparaging you. Or, only but, because <clears throat> I have to be. And you're a talent. You're, you're a talent at it. So, and I'm not. Yeah. I, I know that. But... So I think we get away from that, and if you can bring people back to that with your work, right. that's that's huge. That's it not to quote huge. Bernie Sanders, and but I also, <laughs> it's huge. I also do that with healing. I went to Washington D.C. did a healing on the Capitol steps. Uh, I'm glad, actually, I'm, I'm glad I, you're getting I had that. I was very there. interested in that. Um, I'm I'm going to Cuba. I was invited to go there, so I will be. Doing the paperwork to get there and uh, hopefully great. saving that's, some money. That's cool. It's too. exciting. But, yeah, I like to do the healings for people that even come to the Comic-Cons and they say, how can you get that intimate with somebody on an energy level when you've got like 20,000 people in the room? Right, right. It's very easy that because very energy begots energy. You need the energy mm -hmm. to be able to place the energy. <clears throat> and so to have a... A quantity of like endless energy mm -hmm. use it for a good purpose so right. I can harness that energy mm -hmm. and use it and put it right to the person to try mm -hmm. to get a healing effect right and then I what I do before they leave is I teach them how to do it now I'm a Reiki master I'm also a licensed physician in Karuna Reiki so um, I'm able <clears throat> to use those applications mm -hmm. along with you know other healing applications right. and right. sometimes you know sometimes people just need a big hug 
mm-hmm. and then they're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And and you can see a lonely soul, whether it's a man or a woman, right. and and you just say, you know what? I'm just going to give you a big hug and tell you everything is going to be okay. And when you do that, you can feel them tremble, and you can and you rub their back, and you can feel a healing effect coming mm-hmm. over them. And then they'll look at you and say, that's really all I needed. Just touch. Mm-hmm. That's, right. I just really needed that human companionship, that mm-hmm. human warmth from right. somebody. Mm-hmm. Because they live lonely lives or their spouse may have passed away. Mm-hmm. And they come to people in the hopes of trying to get some kind of resolve. Um, another reason I, I don't really care for psychic mediums all that much is because they can be like a police officer. I was a detective unit one, the gang task force. I had an intuition and a gut feeling. Uh, and... I could question you and over and over and over again, and mm-hmm. I could watch for your reflexes, your eye movement, mm-hmm. your breathing, your pulse, mm-hmm. leading questions. And before you know it, you think I'm psychic. <laughs> there you go. And well, you're, I'm you're reading, you their, you're reading their signs. I'm reading them. That's yeah. all I am. Mm-hmm. A lot of psychics read you because they want the money and they're playing on the hearts of individuals that need mm-hmm. closure from a tragedy, a death. It could be a death from an animal. And I think that is sad. That's why I developed the technique uh, to harness the energy, hand it to you, mm-hmm. and then you can feel it on your own. Right. So there's no hanky-panky. There's no trying to read you. There's none of that. What, what I do do, because people are so used to the word a reading, I like to do like it's a positive energy reading where I read your energy and hand it back to you. And that I do. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they seem to like that. So I tell them what kind of man they are, what kind of woman they are, and, and like that. And they like that very mm-hmm. much. So that's as far as I go with that psychic medium stuff. Now, see, the thing is, is that for me, I, I have this idea inside my head of who and what I really am. And, and maybe it's a facade. Maybe it's all, um, maybe it really is all in my head. And maybe some people would be af- af- afraid of getting a reading. Because it's, it's called your inner nerd, I think. That's that's right. <laughs> the inner nerd. That's right. That's right. My, I'll remember that one. Right. And and the thing is, is that are, do you ever encounter people who are like, no, no, I I, I like my 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 false illusion. I like my looking glass self to be exactly just the way it is. No thanks. You I, mean I don't walk by the table, look <laughs> yeah. at the cross at me. Oh yeah, I get that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But if they just give me a chance, um, and come to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually change your mind rather quickly and say, you know what, I, I think I'll try that. You're or, a very warm person. Right. You, you are. Thank you. Immediate. You are. Thank you. Yeah. I only have to talk to you for a minute, and, and you get you get a feeling <laughs> I agree. of, of um, well-being, I think. Uh, you know, of, of not... Um, That's a good description. Yeah, not... Yeah. not, not um, almost like, you know, a lot of times you meet people and there's a distance. Right. You know, that eventually you close, or, or maybe mm-hmm. not, you know. But there's no distance with you. It's it's almost immediate where that distance is, is closed. Yeah, it's, you we're know. comfortable uh, with each other. Right. We met in the restaurant yeah. this yeah. morning. We had never met each other over the phone, but that's uh-huh. you know that's not in person, and and that distance just closed. It was like it was almost yeah. like a, a book closing you know and, and yeah. there there we were we were we were right there it's like know, after so. only five minutes i was just like if i didn't have a podcast on the paranormal i'd want to start one <laughs> have you as a guest. well let me join in when i first met her which was years ago now we've known each other for a long time that is exactly the description yeah. mm-hmm. that i would give yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of people say that i'm 
easy to be, I guess, around or next to. And and the thing is, it's not something you put on to um, be on a radio showing. Uh, Terry has seen me under stressful filming mm-hmm. situations, so yeah, we have yeah. to get done or events. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't change. I mean, I'm happy. I'm laughing. I like to inject humor because mm-hmm. people become afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to say the word. They're scared Absolutely. sometimes oh, when totally, they totally. when they start feeling at the energy totally. from the past mm-hmm. or getting answers they mm-hmm. want on their own, and their eyes are like this. It gets them out of their comfort zone, right? They, they so I'll, I'll just interject a laugh about something or other, mm-hmm. just to kind of calm the situation right, down. Right, but right. we've often had uh, large men. Um, my big guys just go right down. So yeah. that's why we always have somebody with us at the table, like security to go, catch go them. Go down. Um, because they, they cannot, they just go right down to their knees and they either start praying or they're crying or their knees just buckle and give out. Um, when you get that sensation of energy from the spirit world, mm-hmm. and I put it into these dowsing rods, mm-hmm. um, it's an overwhelming feeling of emotion that you have made contact with a loved one because you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I'm telling you what you're going to feel. You're actually experiencing this on your own. Right. And I often warn people, are you ready? I say, you might be feeling this, 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 and this. And that's all I say. And then I do it, and they just stand there, and they're like, the the feeling, it goes like right up your arm, mm-hmm. into your chest, down your legs. And at that point, uh, when you're asking questions to correspond with a yes or a no, mm-hmm. that only like, you know, you know that um, it, it blows their minds. They don't know how they're working because they're not moving them. And that's why I use, like, rods like these that don't have a sheath on them the dowsing rods or, brass yeah. dowsing rods or or a, or a covering because i want you to feel them turn yeah in um, your hand by yourself my my um experience with dowsing rods i guess is just people using them to find the water mm-hmm. yes you can uh, do that as well so how do you use what do you use them for um, well, you can do minerals, water, gold. I'm still looking for gold. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, I should go to Alaska where I was born. Before you and leave, would you go out in my backyard? <laughs> I will. But my my ex husband, you know, he um, land surveyor, and so he has equipment now digitally that he can find. You know, the different iron that's under the ground for the landmarkers. But when his equipment isn't working, these don't require batteries. Mm-mm. No. And there they are. They mm-hmm. work all the time to try. It puts you in the area of what you're looking mm-hmm. for, and he's able to continue um, with his job. Do they work off of earth energy or, um, or just energy in general? I would have to say energy of a specific item that um, gives energy. Like water gives off a lot of energy, so mm-hmm. y- you have to be realistic and don't stand near a water main. You know, like that. Um, Granite gives off energy. Mm -hmm. Quartz gives off energy. Um, Lots of things, the iron rods under the ground give off energy. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of energy with these. You're looking for a divining rod made of wood with the two splits. That's more for water. These will do water, too. That's the one that I'm familiar with. Yeah. We we did our last show we did was on Nikolai Tesla. Mm -hmm. I heard of him. Oh, yes. and he he worked with with her. He he really believed that you could tap into. There was a cosmic energy that you could use to actually power mm-hmm. power things. You know, a- cars and things like that. And one of his one of his thoughts, and, and he actually almost brought it to fruition until until he was kind of squashed by the uh, the powers to be. The who didn't really who, who, who didn't mm-hmm. really want free energy, so they could use mm-hmm. oil and fossil fuels and sure. things like that. 
Um, I don't want to get too far into that part, but he, one of the devices that he was in the process of, of constructing actually tapped into groundwater mm-hmm. and used the energy from that. And there's negative ions right. that come up out of, the, out of the ground and into this device that he made. And then that helped to, to make the circuit that he needed to, because electricity runs in a, in a circular path, mm-hmm. which is what he, he actually came up with alternating current, right. which is what we still mm-hmm. use today. Um, I'm using it now. We're using yes. it now, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the things that he knew somehow knew intuitively. Sure. Um, and he was he was Eastern European too. He was he was Croatian. Oh, okay. Um, he was actually born. I don't want to get too far into Tesla, but he was born um, at midnight during a lightning storm. Wow, how interesting! And, and, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. And he, um, the midwife who was attending his mother, said that he was going to be a child of darkness because of that. And his mother said, oh, no, 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 no. He's going to be a child of light. Yeah. So it was kind of a cool story. Yeah. You know, it is. You know, well, so. Speaking about children of darkness, um, have you ever gotten a psychic reading from somebody where it's like you said, oh, my God, this is not good. This is, this is not a negative. Absolutely. I had a, a woman come to me. She had um, cancer. Okay. I, I, could, I could actually feel it, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And so she wanted to know. What did you know, feel? Just out of curiosity. I, it felt like. A big, was it warm? Like, it felt like a big mass in your hand, even though you just went over the body. Uh-huh. Like it felt so different than the actually other. actually almost feel it? You mean I'm in your, in your hand, sort of? It, sort of, yeah. yeah. It, it, well, in the principle of Reiki, you can feel where the energy has deficits and um, then just kind of amplifies itself. So a particular area uh-huh. had that, and I asked her about her stomach, and, and she'd tell me about the cancer. And she's going through the treatments and holistic mm-hmm. treatments and, and, and regular you know, doctor Everything. treatments, yeah. and um, she wanted to know if she was going to live or die. Mm. And so that, 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 that's a question where she's like a flip a coin. A but I honestly one, yeah. told yeah. her what I felt. And what I felt was, you, you, you can just say common sense if you wanted to, but this mm-hmm. is something I actually saw in her to feel it. I felt that she had two paths to go on. She could continue um, and do nothing, give up mm-hmm. and die, or she could continue with what her doctor says to do and incorporate the holistics and then the holistic treat- treatments. And on that path, you have life. I could see bright life like that. Mm-hmm. Now, this was probably eight years ago. She was given six months to live. She's mm-hmm. still alive. She followed the doctor and the holistic um, you know, medicines and whatnot, and she chose life. Mm-hmm. Not that it works for everybody, but I could see that path, no. This path, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to do that. There was another gentleman that had a heart condition, and he, um, <clears throat> you may know him, Gary DiCarlo. He sang the song and wrote it called Na 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 Na. Hey, well, hey, hey, yes. goodbye. Sorry. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great. He, nice, nice gentleman. And I met him probably three years ago. And he said, you have to do a reading for me. So I, I do a lot of uh, courtesy readings, you uh-huh. know, professional courtesy. Right. We all do it. And so I read him. I look right at him, and I said, you're having heart trouble. He says, yeah, I am. And I said, do you know you're going to be okay? And he says, no. I said, no, you're going to be fine. You just have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all. Stop stressing right. about, you know, things at home. And um, 
lo and behold, he stopped stressing, got on a better eating pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and um, took care of himself. And he listened. He, yeah, mm-hmm. he listened, and he, and he's so doing he great. Increased but, his awareness. Yeah, and, yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it just zoomed right in on the heart. I, right. I could like feel it. It was in pain and need of uh, some loving care and a tune-up. You know, let's right. say right. we call it a tune-up. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I love that gentleman. I wish him the best always, but I could see it written all over him. There was there was major trouble, and mm-hmm. um, so you hate to tell someone that your life is almost over, or this. You, what you try to do is maybe give them an option, mm-hmm. or just say, you know, um, well, don't say get all your things in order. <laughs> just say I think it's time to check just, your will. <laughs> yeah, start loving everybody right. and and yeah. and live every day like it's mm-hmm. your last. You should be doing that anyway. Everybody should. Yes, we should. Everybody should. Yeah, we should. That that that's what I tell them. You you never know. I mean, there's so many you uh, don't possibilities know. for you know for this being your last day. It could be. Yeah. Who knows? So I make the say, most of it. Yeah, you you're going to live a long life. They leave the Comic Con and they're dead. They got hit by a taxi. That could happen to me today. I mean, the thing. I mean, seriously, if you were going to say, Eric, what would you like to do on the last day of Earth? You know what? I, I'd like to record a podcast with some really like-minded people in the world of mm-hmm. paranormal. And that's <laughs> that exactly like it. fun. <laughs> yeah. What would you like to do, Terry? <laughs> just this? Just what you just exactly. said? Exactly. Yeah. What would you like to do, Walt? Uh, just this. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I, yeah, I, I am uh, too. I am too. I, I, I feel good being in your presence, just being around oh, your, you. your... Do you? Uh, that, that's a question I had. Do, do you work with auras at all? Do you? Yes. Because uh, because I, I I I don't have the ability to sense ors. I think I sense them not from a color point of view, but from a feeling point of view. I think I a I get a vibe. Do. I get from, a vibe yeah. from yeah. people. They get you know? a vibe, yeah. Um, and some people, um, and and I, this this came through really clearly to me one time. Um, it was a sensory thing. I think I was at a party, and this was a number of years ago. So I was quite much, quite a bit younger, um, and this guy came into the party and. Um, he was he was a drug dealer, I think. Um, I think it was a cocaine dealer, actually. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there were two things. He had a smell about him. Mm-hmm. Not 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 that he was unhygienic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just a, a very odd odor when I got close to him, and I just got a really bad bad feeling about him. He was mm-hmm. he was really dark and yep. negative, and um, and you know he he came into the party like. You know, Mr. Cool, and uh, you know, he. I guess he had his cocaine with him, and he was probably going to try to sell it, and <laughs> right. blah blah blah. Um, but I just—that's the first time I really felt that strong of a really negative vibe from somebody, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I think I really got in touch with my ability to sort of intuit that kind of thing. Right. You know, and it's not—it's not like a visual thing, or it's not even—it was just a kind of a really strong, strong negative feeling that I had about it, and I had to leave. I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stay in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I left the party actually. Uh, but I have the, sometimes I feel that about you know from the opposite direction with a positive vibe too. Right. You know, you get a really good feeling about somebody that you feel like you've known them like with you today. Right. I felt like I've known you for a long time. You know. Maybe you have. Maybe I have. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess we could get into the re- whole reincarnation thing. <laughs> yes, you know? we could. Um, which is <clears throat> which is another whole aspect of existence. You know that I happen to believe strongly, and I, I believe that we have many different lives, and we're here to. Uh, to learn things, to learn the things that we need to learn that maybe are left over from our other lives. Um, mm-hmm. I did a past life regression one time with a lady, and I, and I have to say I was somewhat skeptical about it mm-hmm. at the time. You know, I, I didn't quite know what to expect. 
Um, and I actually did go into a state where I went back to these to these different lives. And I don't want to get too far into my own stuff, but um, one, of, one of the lives was in Egypt. At least it seemed to be Egypt. And, and um, uh, I was a, a soldier, I think. I, had, I could look and see, I could see the, uh, I was standing in the sun at attention. I could feel the sun and I, it, was a very, it was a very feeling kind of thing, more than mm -hmm. visual even. And, and I was standing there and I was a, an officer of some kind. You know, I, could, I recognized the, the armor and those kinds of things. But there was a part of it that was blackened out that I couldn't see. And um, after, it was, after it was done, I talked to the lady who did the regression, and she said that was something that you weren't ready to, to, to know in, hmm. this, in this life. Okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I, don't, I never have found out what that was. I think but, that that's you know. also a lot of things that go on in the psychic realm, whereas there are things that we can see and that we can, we can, we can look at all we want, but then there are other things that are just like, right. no, you have to, no. You, you're not, there's some kind of higher power that says right. you can't see this yet because of whatever whatever reason. Do There's you, do something you have... there that's not <clears throat> going to work for you for some reason. Yeah, so, I've had you know. several people <clears throat> try to do past life regression on me, and they mm -hmm. they they just not say so they can't do can't it. Work, yeah. I've had um, psychics try to read me, and they say uh, they yeah. can't do it. They're confounded. <laughs> they just look and going, nope, I can't. I don't feel anything. You Why do you think like, that is? you have any sense of that? Or? Well, I, I, I think with the people that were trying to do it, um, realized, you know, I knew, I knew my stuff and I could, I could catch them if they were, mm. like, mm -hmm. you know, um, doing some tomfoolery. They were less, yeah. than, less than genuine. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, no, but um, I would like to get a past life regression. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got some things that I think maybe I would have been good at or maybe I did. Mm -hmm. or And I meet people like I... I think I've known them before. I, I literally walk up to them and I'm just looking like, hey, you don't know me, you know? And so... Um, well, the funny thing yeah. is, I'm in this life anyway, I'm, I'm about as uh, little militaristic as you can get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty... Uh, I'm a pacifist, I guess you could say. You know? mm -hmm. um, so maybe that's what I couldn't see. Maybe, I, maybe there was something in that I was, you know, that I, that I did or something that was not compatible with this life or something I don't know yeah. it was just it was just a very strange thing for me to, to have thought of me as being in that role right you know so um, do you have any do you have any sense of what maybe some of your past lives were or do do you have any any do you ever get any glimpses of anything um, I think in that sense at one time I must have been a veterinarian because mm -hmm. my abilities yeah. to care for animals yeah, that's and give advice yeah. and Kind of like instinctually knowing what to do. To even um, uh, I was a first responder um, in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I was an officer there as well for mm -hmm. two years. And but if someone was hurt or, or even like ha rearing the children, I instinctively knew if they would give me a symptom, I would say that's appendicitis. And I I did that four times with my three children and my ex-husband and. Every single time I was right, mm -hmm. although the symptoms varied. Um, and so, uh, same, I must have been a doctor um, or a veterinarian because of the, the medical care that I, I can mm -hmm. do. Or a healer. Or, or a healer, yeah, yeah which exactly. Is, which has come through yeah. in this lifetime, obviously. I noticed when, when, we came, when you came today, um, I have my little corgi here, Ricky. Yes. Um, he went right to you. He, he yeah, gravitated right he to did. you. And he doesn't do that. He always, he, he's... Um, like you did that to me, Walt. 
<laughs> well, because you have two female dogs. But he's oh, so he's a hurting he's I'm a hurting a, dog. I'm the B word. Hurting hurting dogs tend to be aloof. Um, yes, I have an Australian Shepherd. Oh, you do. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yes, I know. So they don't always necessarily gravitate to people that, mm-hmm. um, for one reason or another, they don't give the time of day to. So you know, yeah, he's had I people that, that people that call him over, you know, and they say, "Oh, Ricky, he's cute," you know, and he just kind of sniffs them a little bit and then moves away yeah. from them, you know. So he doesn't do that with everybody. So that they, you know, he clearly got that sense from you. Yeah, and I, I that know. could have been from a past life that I was that I had yeah, something to do with. I, I always thought that I had red hair. Um, a curly reddish hair, which is strange because all my family members have um, dark curly hair, yeah. um, almost like um, African-American curly or oh, yeah. tight like type, curly yeah. and darker yeah. skin. And that could be the dark Polish or Russian, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, c- it could be that influence. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a, a carrot top. And so wasn't his dad and his brother. And oh, well, there you go. So yeah, you, you so, had the gene for Yeah, it. but I always visioned myself being that mm-hmm. instead of looking like Scandinavian or something. Yeah, so a yeah. little, little different. Right, right. Now, you, you, do have a, you do have a sort of a Scandinavian mm-hmm. look. And the high yeah. cheekbones, and yeah. they, they say yeah. that's the, uh, mm-hmm. the Native American mm-hmm. and, and all of yeah. that, too. Yeah. Well, Scandinavia and the Baltic countries are kind of close to each other. So right. There's, so there's you know, some interlap, overlapping, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, of different bloodlines and things. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is just kind of my personal thing, I think. I, I Ooh, saw on okay. the, uh, well, I mean, personal on the internet. Personal on the internet. I'm a huge, I'm a huge music fan. Uh, okay, and, and yeah. I, I yeah. know that you've done some background singing. And, oh, goodness and, gracious! And I noticed yeah. when, and I mentioned this to you when we when we first met in the restaurant. Um, your voice, just even over the phone, is very melodic. Very, oh, you have a okay, very sweet. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's musical, almost. Ooh. You know, just just your speaking voice. I, I, oh. <laughs> I know. I know. My my voice isn't. I, I can't. Um, my my mother was. Uh, uh, my mother was a big band singer. Okay. Uh, and she had a she had Excellent. a really beautiful voice. And my sister got the voice. And yeah. And I got you know some other stuff from my mother. She so was, you're very you know, aware of that. I yeah. am. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she sang, I can remember her singing to me. You know mm-hmm. when I was sick or something, and she just but, did it as a. Um, you know, just as a motherly thing. To, right. just, she just had a, um, she just had that kind of feeling about her. She was very, mm-hmm. she, I, I really feel like she's still watching over me. She was very kind of angelic. I'm sure she is. Even, even, you know, even when she was alive, she was very angelic, you know. Um, if anybody's, if there is a heaven, she's there. You know, I don't know what, what that is or what that means, but I know that she's the kind of person. She, she would just do such kind things for people just out of the, just because she had such a good heart, you know, yeah. not because she wanted anything from anybody, but, mm-hmm. um, so actually you remind me of her a lot. So that's, that's oh, kind of well, cool. But, um, well, as a result of that, I, lo- I love music and, and mm-hmm. I, I know from, uh, from the Chronicle episode that you did, um, mm-hmm. for, for the people who don't know of Chronicle, I guess maybe we should talk about that a little you want to talk yeah, about please. that a little bit or, yeah. sure um, that's fine there's a um, there's a segment on channel 9 WMUR um, and which is really how I heard about you uh, I was watching it and I said oh wow this looks cool you know so I watched mm-hmm. it and it was really a nice piece that they did it wasn't to me it wasn't in depth enough but they only have right they only have 10 a minutes or something time, you know, yeah. so we, we filmed a lot more I think we were filming probably three to four hours worth to, oh so, so they, they paired it down to, to yeah wow, six they really minutes edited, or something yeah, yeah. yeah well they only have 
a short, yeah. they have a format that they have to get it down mm-hmm. to. That's right. But it left me wanting to know, well, you know more about you, right. which is why I called you initially. I, well, I said to Eric, I said, I saw, I saw this piece. Uh, I said, we have to try to get this lady as a guest if we can, thinking, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, some, you know, it's hard to do that sometimes. <laughs> and, but you got back to us in a, in a short time, and, and it was mm-hmm. great. I was like in heaven when you, when you called <laughs> back and left the message. Yeah. So, uh, and you got through to Eric, too. And uh, But during the course of that, in talking to you, I, I just got this uh, sense of your voice and how beautiful it was. And, and, then, and then during the Peace and Chronicle, you were a background singer <laughs> for, yes, I for was. a very, very, very pretty famous guy. A lot of famous people. Uh, oh, there's more than one. They only mentioned one. Several. On the yeah, oh, ahead, uh, they, they mentioned ahead, Joe Cocker. Yes, they did. Um, Which is the one I was I, thinking of. Though. I was with him a few years. Um, gentleman I was dating at did the you, time was a sound man. Did you go on the road with him? Yes, and, I did. did. Okay. And I did the Canadian tour. Um, I also did, um, like, out in Texas, a Southern States tour. Mm-hmm. And I, as we were sitting there prepping for Chronicle, Andy Harshbarger is looking through all my old photographs, and there is my itinerary with my name on it. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, they had that on there. That's that was cool. My itinerary. At this point, I just want to go home. You know, I'm like, I'm done. I found it. Yeah. So they put that up there. I also sang um, a backup uh, for the Rolling Stones. Oh, you did. I did that the nightclub scene Mm -hmm. when they were doing the nightclubs uh, back in the '80s, and um, that was nice. I sang with Bobby Vinton, uh, the ah, Polish prince, yeah, uh, Moja Drogajacza yeah. Kohan. Yeah. My mother and, loved him. Yeah, and he's a great guy. Um, we stayed in touch for a long time after that. But um, He seemed like a good guy. He he's really, like a, nice. A really nice. Guy. Yeah, not a player or a weird yeah, guy no, around women. Just yeah. very nice. I did Tom Jones. Uh, I sang with him at the Chateau de Ville in Framingham. Wow. I don't even know if they have that anymore there. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, I don't know. They did an appearance there. And uh, I'm trying to think who else. My God, rock band after rock band, literally. Um, I would just take the stage and do different things. Mm-hmm. We did a tribute to David Bowie, and we had a Tina Turner sax player on there. We had Gary DiCarlo was there. Um, the monkeys were there. And so right. uh, yeah. we had a great time together um, singing um, All You Young Dudes. That was fun. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. So yeah, I have a musical background. I started when I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, my mother mm-hmm. bought me a guitar and sent me to the folk mass. And I didn't even know how to play. And so they taught me a couple of uh, you know chords. Mm-hmm. And I would study at home. And I was never a great guitar player. I could sort of almost maybe get by. Mm-hmm. Like I knew like six like, chords. Play rhythm kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like mm-hmm. fit in. And so I went from there and I'd play coffee houses and you know, just fun stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Little bands. And um, I never envisioned myself wanting to be a rock and roll or right, anything like right. that. But, it's, a, it's not an easy but life. But boy, did I, no, I like not. that stuff. That yeah. was, I just really did. So, um, of course, you know, you go out, and I met a gentleman who was a sound man for a, um, a guy who got a, a Grammy nomination, John Butcher from John mm-hmm. Butcher Access. He mm-hmm. was his sound man. From there, he started doing like uh, Kiss and Queen and um, Joe Cocker. And so I was at a situation with one of the girls. We had all gone to dinner, and she got sick. I don't know if it was food poisoning or too much alcohol. Mm -hmm. I I have no idea. But she could not make it the next night. So I stood in for her, 
because I, I was hoping like that moment would come mm-hmm. and it did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like wishful thinking or karma. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I was like, please, please pick me. So <laughs> so he picked me because I wasn't the best singer, mm-hmm. but I didn't drink and I didn't do drugs and mm-hmm. I traveled with the sound man. So it's like a twofer. Uh-huh. And I was consistent, right. and I was think so I was could a sort des- of count on you to show yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Not Designated be, not driver, be drunk somewhere. Yeah, something. long before it was popular. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so th- that's how I got involved in all of that type of uh, uh-huh. like rock and roll scene and singing and whatnot. So what was Joe Cocker like? Nice guy. <laughs> was he? I, I always Absolutely got the impression normal. that he was right on the edge of. Uh, and maybe it was just. I, I mean, of course, no. I, I never met him, but he, he seemed like he was. His, his performance style was was pretty out there. I mean, with all the yeah. gyrations he did and everything. Oh, you know? sure, you know. Uh, um, but I guess that was just an act. I mean, he was a he. I've, from, I've read a little bit about him. I guess he was a um, he was a club singer mm-hmm. in in England. I guess, yeah. which is where he developed his you know his style and. and you got to remember a lot of the style. If if you have trained musically, you're trying to take existing air and force it up from the diaphragm and out through your throat, uh-huh, you know, just uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So sometimes these movements are great ways to get extra air you didn't think you had yeah, to yeah. sing that the notes, uh-huh. to sing that high note, sing the low note, mm-hmm. extend the note, and then you find yourself contorting. You know, you mm-hmm. you've seen the singers where they lean way back, well, trying to get a note out, yeah. or they go way down, uh-huh. or they jump down. Yeah. The forcing force of gravity, the mm-hmm. air comes up. So, um, did your mother? Um, did she train as a vocalist? No, she didn't. She was just yeah. purely um, a natural singer. She was Irish. Wow. So I, I, I think music is kind of ingrained in the Irish in some way, yeah, you know. And, yeah. and uh, she, when she was young, she she was she really looked a lot like um, not not really Marilyn Monroe, but that type of look. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sort of that oh. '50s kind of movie yes, star kind yes. of look she was she was she was really quite pretty um and my father was very jealous of her you know, he's a jealous oh, yes, guy he, he's, yes. my father's german so that's kind of the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum you know? um yeah. and he stopped her from doing it because he thought that you know that she was going to be having people guys hit on her and stuff like that which yeah. she probably would have but um and i think i think she always sort of regretted that because you know it was like her it was her out she was very artistic she, right she would um Obviously. she was yeah she had a green thumb she could she could take a plant that it looked like it was almost dead and bring it back to life. Wow. And so she, yeah. she had a lot of energy. Oh, she needed um, that outlet. She was like, a, she was almost like, yeah, she was like an empath yeah. almost, you know? Right. And, um, so yeah, I don't, she, she sang with big bands before she met my father. And then, then he kind of put his, put the kibosh on that. Unfortunately, yeah. I think it, it, um, but occasionally she would, um, like if we're at a wedding or something, they would call her up because my uncle had a band that would play. Right. They would call her up. So yeah. I did get to hear her sing on that level. And she was just, she was just, she had energy. She had a really, Yeah, well, really, you know what? She had I'm a presence, you know. That's I'm wonderful. A, I'm a firm believer that energy through music, whether mm-hmm. you're doing the drums or the bowls. Whatever or it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, or mm-hmm. chanting um, mm-hmm. for uh, meditation. Um it's all to increase the energy. So what I like to do when I do these Comic Cons mm-hmm. and events is I have um, I have a discussion, I call it. Mm-hmm. And it's music's influence on the spirit world. So I have ah, a portable cool. karaoke machine cool. that can blast like you can hear it from here down mm-hmm. to like where we were for coffee. <laughs> right. Boom. And I have, a, I have a really loud voice. I think Terry will tell you that. I'm, I don't look like I do, but I've got a 
big, no, I can, I can big hear voice. Yeah. And um, I would turn it on, and we would start singing. I pass the mic around. I have two microphones, so uh-huh. we were all over, and we're singing and we're dancing and we're having a blast. Mm-hmm. And then we try paranormal experiments in the room, and everyone's in a great mood because they can feel the positive energy. When you get done something like that, it's great. And so I'm able to use a bit of that singing still uh-huh. and uh, and entertain, but still teach people about energy and how that feels the good feeling of positive uh-huh. energy so See, that's what the, I do. the thing is is that whenever i'm around a karaoke machine uh-huh. i always get requests and it's usually to stop <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Yeah. absolutely i could see yeah. that yeah. oh my gosh so you could conjure up uh, joe cocker's ghost or something you yeah know. i know get it get him to come you want to take a break but break. We, no, we, we we've actually hit the hour mark it's funny, just as you stand up, we hit the mic. <laughs> exactly. I know this, this chair is probably not so. So I, I think that I think that what we should do is we should um, load up on mineral water and cocktails again. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and uh, take a little break. We can deal with that. And sure. uh, discuss what we're going to do next. And then uh, this is where I usually inject my uh, uh, my commercials, my commercial, non-commercial, and. Uh, we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna just tell everybody listening, stay tuned because we've got more more fun stuff to get to. If you have something you want us to promote on the Metaphysical Connection podcast, let us know by getting in touch with me. My email address is info at thefedorachronicles.com. If you have something to promote that our listeners would be interested in, let me know and I'll read your ad during our actual podcast. It could be goods and services, a special event or convention, a book or documentary you've written or created, or even your own podcast on the topic of the unexplained phenomenons. That's also how you can get in touch with us and let us know how about your own experiences. Um, have a good ghost story, seen something unusual or strange, or just post your opinion on any given topic. Once again, just drop us a line at info at the fedorachronicles.com. Okay. I I well, now we're recording a lot. <laughs> okay. Am I, am I good? Am I in a good well, spot? Well, you're always great. I mean, <laughs> lo- location-wise. Everything's fine. Everybody, everybody's fine. Not behavior-wise. No, Walt. You always misbehave. That's the one thing. I do. We, that's one that of the was, things. That's one of the things why you make good, good podcasts. That was the irony of me being a behavior specialist because I was so misbehaved in my misspent youth. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you're a child at heart, Walt, and, and I am, kids see I that. Am, I am. I... Kids see that, and the they fact do. that and the fact that you had an office full of Star Wars toys didn't help or didn't hurt either. So mm. kids <laughs> always wanted to come to my office. Oh, I bet. Even when even when they weren't in trouble, they needed to talk. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw kids on a, on a, some kids needed, they just need an anchor. They need somebody yeah. to talk to. They need somebody to say, you know, Johnny called you, um, you know, a turd out on the playground. You know what? You're not a turd. Nobody thinks you're, no, nobody really thinks that, right. you know, it's just Johnny's um, words. It doesn't mean anything really. And, and kids, it's surprising. Kids respond to that. They, they, they don't really, they, kids let other people set their reality for them. You know, yeah, and, and that's not Peer pressure. Yeah, that's not yeah, okay. And a lot you, of you like, talked a little bit about that on do the that too. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, um, we we have people define us mm-hmm. by what we, you know, like say say you want to wear purple sneakers with pink polka dots, and because you like them, they they feel good to you. Right. You go to school with them, you're going to get torn apart. You know? <laughs> I mean, eh, what's going on? I don't know. Something you want to share with us, Walt? Is there something about your style in school that you want to share with us? 
My style? Yeah, you, the, the, about you wearing um, uh, purple sneakers and pink polka. No, I, I never, I, I was just using that as a kind of a silly, because I never actually wore right, those. Right, right. Um, but but I, I did always feel like I wanted to be an individual. I didn't really want to fit in with a group. You know, I, I never saw any real um, reason for that. You know, I didn't either. I was yeah, I, I need to talk about that a little bit. You know, independent, and, and that that's something that um, I don't want to go get off on a tangent here, but uh, I, I think society <coughs> kind of forces you into that. You I know, agree. to to become less than an individual to fit oh, yeah. whatever the parameters are of the mm -hmm. group that whether it's religion. And I, I don't want to get into religion too heavily, but religion or uh, politics or or even just social groups they, they right. try to form you into something that fits their mold True. and if you're an individual that that doesn't work really. i actually have and, spoken oh i'm sorry Walter. no i'm just saying lo losing your individuality is the first step toward getting further further away from uh, but the thing is is that, is that it, and i think it starts in, in um junior high whereas is that here 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 are one of six categories and it's sort of like if you decide that you pick a category, you better be damn good at whatever it is, like being an athlete. But the, but it seems like, or an artist, you better be a really damn good artist if you're going to be put in that, if you're going to put yourself in that box. But it seems that we, it, it, especially when we're in our adolescence, we seem to like allow other people and, and these kids appoint themselves to be the great committee of they, you know, what they say. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. And, and, yeah, and, that's true. and they or, get to... And, as if they have some word on something. And, and, they put, and, they, and they put you in this box and or this category. And, you, and, and if you're in the wrong category, well, that's tough. You're unpopular and you're going to stay in that category. And if you try and break out of that category, so many people trying to push you back in. And they carry that through um high school and then through college and it takes a it really takes a lot and when i told walt about you know when, when my my style when i was in high school I, I i didn't want to be you know wearing you know work clothing and and um you know sort of like be your typical vermonter with <clears throat> with all that that entails i mean I, I you know i used to watch black and white film noir movies or, or classic movies and my you know my, one of my on-screen heroes was humphrey bogart and i wanted to be humphrey bogart everybody wanted to be david bowie or david lee roth and I wanted or, or, to be or something or humphrey bogart and it was like so one of the things that came out in the chronicles that you you were a military child right yes and so you moved around a lot yes so i think that in itself is difficult in that you're you're in a you know some kind of a culture for right for a you, while you have an accent that no one can really place they can they yeah. might be able to place like a little bit of it mm -hmm. but not the whole thing of it right you know mm -hmm. and so when so, we came up to um Massachusetts mm -hmm. to go to high school yeah. um, well, it was a junior high then high school mm -hmm. um, I remember being in the classroom and the teacher was saying fatty fa or mm -hmm. something like, it sounded mm -hmm. like that yeah, what and I'm that going yeah. what yeah I had asked and she said fatty fa mm -hmm. I said you mean 44 <laughs> <laughs> now the whole class just started laughing yeah that is I funny it is not funny. set yeah. a good tone I got dragged down to the principal's office Oh, who, she thought you were making fun of her or something. Who corrected her and said it is 44. Yeah. You have a New England accent. She 
you know, we don't know what she's got. So, but, <laughs> it's um, whatever, yeah. So I, I switched classes uh, to another one. I couldn't understand what this woman was saying. It was like a foreign language. <laughs> you know, and then, and then you know, slowly uh, over time, I ended up with a little bit of the New England accent, too. But mm-hmm. being uh, born in Alaska, raised all through the South, and periodically coming up to Rhode Island for relatives and this and that, mm-hmm. and you get kind of like a Bronxy, New York, Jewish Cup of mm-hmm. coffee type thing, yeah, you know. I, I'm yeah. from yeah. Jersey, so there you go. I got that kind of Jersey. Yeah, you got that too. That Jersey, <laughs> so, Jersey slag so, or whatever um, it is. Yeah. You like to park your car and have it yet. <laughs> yeah, now, that's a Kennedy accent. Yeah, <laughs> we I, I, we we had this gym teacher who was uh, just just really super obnoxious. He had no business working with children. And uh, I think he was also from the Boston area. And he used to yell at the kids saying, what are you, retarded? Get a partner. Let's get started. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like from Everett or some yeah, Revere. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's severe. They have big uh, hair in Revere. Revere is a severe accent. That's about as Massachusetts as The, the reason why you can't hit the ball, Ricky, <laughs> is because you're retarded and you're queer. <laughs> <laughs> the the oh, thing, I guess the point I was getting to, though, is that um, having to move from place to place, you, you sort of have to morph into whatever. In some ways, you have to kind of morph into whatever the accepted. Um, it's not like you have internet or is, Facebook you know? or any social media. You just have to make friends. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully yeah. you find someone that maybe traveled around a lot and didn't have any friends, and you could mm-hmm. be their friend. Mm-hmm. It, it was tough. Uh, the town I lived in was Chelmsford, Massachusetts, and they had just started these um like housing developments mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, campanelli mm-hmm. and so we were in like the second uh, subdivision that they put in mm-hmm. so the people in the subdivisions we kind of all kind of hung around together yeah because yeah. we were not from chelmsford mm-hmm. we were from all different areas right, you know right. and so it was just strange you know because we were always viewed as outsiders right i was just no gonna say what. that yeah, always yeah. outsiders that's, that's just... we were never townies or anything right, right. it was yeah. strange like mm-hmm. the old yeah. ah they just moved here it's like i've been here 30 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah but 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 the thing is that that's kind of where the where the real real per- people are though yeah you know i mean they they don't have any illusions as to that they're part of the the group or the click or whatever the hell yeah. it is they you know people want you to fit into and and that's kind of a good life life lesson, I think. You know, I I, I think when I was in high school, I, I I think I tried to I played football and that kind of stuff. So I tried to <coughs> try to fit in, I guess. But I always felt sort of outsider. You know, I always felt like I was yeah. outside that. that I, I think yeah. everybody here paradigm. at this table has <clears throat> all outsider syndrome, but in a good way. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that once you find out that it's like you are the loner, the lone wolf, <laughs> and you can think for yourself. Yeah. And it was just like we look, can do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't, not, not only can we do it, but we do it exactly. You know, I kind of equate all this conversation about being the outsider to the paranormal community, like on Facebook yeah. or oh, whatever. Yeah. These paracons, sure. Sure. they're all they've got all their little hierarchy groups and this and oh, that, yeah. and they're out, you know, doing their investigations. And you know, I'm thinking to myself, hey, you got a police record. Has anybody even looked into you know mm-hmm. um, good the, point your group or, or what, exactly. what's going yeah. on yeah. and and yet uh, people just invite strangers into their homes mm-hmm. and then leave and let them do their investigation I just always thought that was odd but for me to um, do all these different types of things in the mm-hmm. industry and, and be knocked down for it um, 
I don't like that. It's like, a, you know, it's like being an outsider in, in a field that you love and that you've pushed a lot of mm-hmm. women forward mm-hmm. and, and created a lot of firsts when it comes to the paranormal industry. Mm-hmm. You still looked like, you know, they would call me a bimbo with um, big body parts. Let's just By say that. By far, you are not a bimbo. I you will know? tell no. you right now, you <laughs> they, are not they would, a bimbo. You know, instead of looking at the achievements and credentials, mm-hmm. they just go by maybe the physical. Yeah. The ones that know my credentials. for them. Yeah. Right. Uh, the ones that know my credentials and uh, achievements don't knock me down for them. They'll no. knock me down because they don't like my lips or back. I don't know the clothes I wear or something like that. So th- that's how inane and childish mm-hmm. uh, this all gets. It's like peer pressure right. to the max and drama, right. um, all right. rolled up in a little ball, and they go in in this circle. And you cannot change anything or do anything if you're doing the same thing over and over again. It's mm-hmm. just going to be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So exactly. they're all going to beat each but other. Some up people don't want to get out of their comfort zone. They no, I think they there. like the chaos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and that's they, they, they like. dwell yeah. in they dwell in negativity too. They, they, yes, they do. They get There's some energy out of that. Oh, that's yeah. why yeah. I, that's why yeah. I go off on my own, do my own thing, and I've been successful at it to the point where we're doing movies and we're mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of different things. And the others are still in their little teams and groups and complaining about everybody under the sun because that's what they've always done. Instead of seeing a, a growth and development in somebody and mm-hmm. cheering them on, mm-hmm. they just try to pull you apart right. at that point. Yeah, they and try to pull your, you down. Your approach um, to things brings good things to you. I, yes, I, I, I think so. I believe that you attract to good things. Yeah. yeah. And, and the universe will send you good things if, mm-hmm. you, if, if you're in a place to, to receive them. Um, yes. So that you know that, you know, I, I think you can send out intentions uh, um, and, and those things will come back to you. They may not come back exactly the way you want them right. or, or thought about them, but they will come back. Well, no one wants to be around a negative person no. or someone that no, says bad things about people. You know, you know what? They want to be I, around positive people. Yeah. No, you know what? I, I, I actually take exception to that because I know a lot of people who thrive on negativity because yeah. they, well, they are negative they, people. But are they really thriving? That's the question. Or, or they just think that they're getting something they need. They're thriving in their negative Mm. deficit mentality. Does that make any sense? Well, I I think there's people that are sort of, uh, Mm -hmm. I call them psychic vampires. Exactly. They they drain drain your energy. I've heard that. And you can can feel that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, There's a a book called The Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've ever read Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yep. But he talks about that where you, there's people who, that's how they get their juice. Mm-hmm. By by draining energy through out of people I, negatively. I had, I had mm-hmm. a, a vampire uh, try to do that to me, and I was in Nebraska at the mm-hmm. O Comic Con. It's the um, it was a Comic Con out. Actually, it was in Iowa, mm-hmm. but um, next to o, uh, Nebraska, so Omaha, Nebraska. Uh-huh. Um, it was just literally five minutes away from the line, and so they called it O Comic Con. And I was there, and this vampire it wanted. You know, Oh, he's like touching the aura and the energy. And he says, I mm. just want to hold your hand. And I says, well, you're, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. <laughs> so I let him hold my hand and he started getting dizzy and he started getting dizzy. And he had to keep letting go. Good. Letting go. He said, I can't, he can't get your energy. I, 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 I want, I'm low in energy. I can't get the he's energy. He's trying to drain you. Yeah. Wow. yeah I can't do it. I'm draining myself. I and said, well, real. why don't you? Why don't you just ask for some energy then? Mm-hmm. This is what I do. I can heal you so you can take the energy 
mm-hmm. and be well again. Mm-hmm. So I taught him how to do that, and he was happy. He writes me all the time. So he's thrilled, <laughs> so he didn't touch my energy. And well, maybe he turned him around a little bit, too. Yeah. A little bit. He, he was a skeptic, now not. Now not a skeptic at all. And I have done healings with a vampire colony out in um, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was really a neat thing to do. Uh, we did that over imagine, Skype. Yeah. And um, also I've done a lot of healings with energy healings with them, um, like people in the hills of Turkey, and mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of groups they're in. But what I do transcends all religious beliefs and brings you right back to the innocence of mm-hmm. the energy of birth. That's, so that's uh, good. I yeah. have a lot of different people from different parts of the world mm-hmm. that connect with me. And I, and I translate. I want them to write in their own language. Mm-hmm. I'll translate it and I write them back. That's cool. So what, one of the things that we really wanted to do is we want to talk about how you are an innovator in mm-hmm. the realm oh, of the paranormal. Yes. Excellent. And you have been responsible for a lot of firsts. Yes, I have. And, and, and people took credit for it. And yes, let's, they let's, do. And Terry is here. Ter- Terry's with her pom-pom saying, yeah, yeah let's get I'm into it. the cheering it. squad. Yeah. Let's bring it on. I, I guess like in any industry, this competition. And yeah, yeah. people claiming things that are not theirs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, a, that's a sad thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, same thing in the paranormal industry. Uh, people watch uh, people on TV and think, of, think that they dreamt these uh, techniques up when indeed it could have been a paranormal team in the field. Uh, it was me. I mean, for instance, um, the ghost hunters went out and said that they were the first ones to investigate the Mount Washington Hotel. And, and I'm sitting there. I was there. In 2006, two years before mm-hmm. any of this, and I took New Hampshire Magazine with me and New England Cable. So it's now, well documented. So it's, it's documented, It's, it's yeah. documented yeah. and time-stamped. And, and if they do their research for ghost hunting like this, well, they can't even take their baby finger and Google it. Mm-hmm. God help them. That's yeah. all I can say. Well, they want to, lay claim. They want to lay claim to that. They ha- it, it, yeah. it gives them more energy. So, I, I, what I try to do is I try to, in a nice, fun way, when we all work together, uh-huh. you know, is to explain, no, it wasn't them. Mm-hmm. It was me. And, and, I, and I did it quite well. Um, another thing that I did was the instant EVPs. I was doing them back in 2005, 2006, 2007. And then when I joined Ideal Management, I went with the people from Haunted Collectors, uh, John Zaffis, who claims to be a demonologist. Mm-hmm. I question it, but whatever. And um, I guess he does a decent job, but he had the show Haunted Collectors. The next thing I know, they're doing instant EVPs. Now, I had worked with Mr. Zaffis. I've worked with other people. Uh, They clearly see me doing it. It's on YouTube that I did it back in 2005, Mm, 6, 7. So 2011, he's doing it. And and I'm thinking, can't you say thank you or credit me or something? I think this is a clear abuse. And and sometimes I say on women because um, they do not say a thank you. Someone thought of this. But when I do see them with men, they thank the men. They mm-hmm. thank the men mm-hmm. for this, you know, a particular digital uh, object that, you know, gauges um, energy. But for me or other women, uh, I'm not sure if there are any more women. Mm-hmm. I do know they like them. But um, 
other than that, I, I don't know. I really still harp on it for a thank you, and I still don't get it. Instead, mm-hmm. I get bad emails coming back from, from that area. Mm-hmm. And um, But that's okay, because radio shows like yours and television interviews and the different things I've done push forward the timeline so people who are educated enough to go and not listen to the rumor, go back and actually check it, mm-hmm. will clearly see it was not developed there by them. Right. And it just makes them look there far. Uh, worse. Uh, another thing I did was um, working with deaf paranormal teams and putting them on television in front of everybody live, wow. doing a live paranormal investigation with with the deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first uh, EVPs using sign language and getting an audio response at the Deep River Library in Deep uh, River, Connecticut, was just astonishing. Th- these were like, like it crazy was fascinating. things. Fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then when you mm-hmm. research the library, it was a hub of education where you could learn Braille, you could learn sign language. That's why we were able to tap into that because the spirits that are there had an intellect on how to read sign language. So when we had the deaf investigators signing their questions mm-hmm. in, and then we wrote them you know, down on the screen, what came back was an audio response for the EVP. So that, yeah. was, that was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, using music, um, climbing into a well. I climbed into a well. Oh, I free climbed yeah. it with my hands down into the well. That's and impressive. Then I see six months later, uh, the ghost hunters are on a swing being lowered into a well. So it's like someone always, you know, it's a great idea. I don't care who goes down the well. I think it's fascinating. Um, The Tilton Inn in Tilton, New Hampshire, we were the first to do that. And then they, six months later, they're doing the Tilton Inn. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a beacon and a progressive thinker when it came to different locations and different things to do and thinking out of the box when it came to these paranormal type things. Speaking in languages. Let's say we have, um, I don't know, an Italian cemetery from the 1700s. I highly doubt they're going to be you're going to get an EVP electronic voice phenomena in English right unless somebody really sp- and it better be broken English too mm-hmm. um, now if you're speaking to someone um, doing an EVP let's say in a cemetery and you better hope that that's the Queen's English coming across because usually people that were buried in a cemetery with a monument were a person of status back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. and they could afford that therefore they had the Queen's English verbiage not right. a cockney they accent spoken in a certain way exactly right. mm-hmm. and that were buried towards the outer sides of the cemetery or over mm-hmm. the rock walls where the servants and slaves and people mm-hmm. that committed murders were separated were, yeah. were separated mm-hmm. so um to speak in the language of we did um thing at the monadnock inn where we i was speaking german and asking questions and i got a german response ah, cool. because of the murder back mm-hmm. back then in 1918 um oh gosh now i'm stumped i can't think of the gentleman's name can you think of it? Historian I'm struggling. <laughs> Anyways, it's, it's the only unsolved murder in Jaffa, New Hampshire. Uh, oh, Dr. William Dean. Dean. Yes. Dr. William yeah. Dean was it's murdered. And they're saying it was German spies and German spies. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Where yeah. did they hang out? The mm-hmm. only place to you know go the watering hole and to stay overnight was the Monadnock Inn. Right. So my theory right. was let's do a live investigation. Let's speak in German. Mm-hmm. Long before... Other programs decided to do that. And I just, I, I find it, you know, you all of a sudden don't die and can speak Italian or 
or Italian can speak right. English it would now. Would be whatever you used in your lifetime. Exactly, and um, I just, you know, I did a lot of that speaking and pushing, um, just pushing the limit out mm-hmm. of the box to try to get people to understand that that paranormal has to, has to be taken seriously. You can't just go in and do EVPs and, and things like right. that. And right. Right. and uh, one thing, uh, my pet pee is going to an older home, and the first thing people do are these baseline readings, blah, 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 blah. But the one thing they never tested, and I'm sure your home is filled with it, is lime quartz, because we have a lot of lime quartz um, quarries here. I did mm-hmm. a show on it, mm-hmm. and they used to have, um, they used to get, take the lime, put it through a process of calcification, and mix it with the horsehair mortar and do your walls. Now, yeah, the whole house is lime. There you go. Yeah. Yes. So you're, you're going to get it, depending on the. This concept, is all the original old plastic, right. too. So that's what, De- how they would have made it. Depending on the concentration of the plaster, uh, would signify how much your equipment would be way off. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so this house also is on ledge, which is which is there granite. You go too, yeah. The granite has quartz in it. That's right. Which is another receiver. There's of, another of, one. Of so so you got a, there's a simple lot of pieces. Right. There's a simple test, and I tell people it's so easy. Get a shot glass, put some vinegar in it. Now get a little piece of your horsehair mortar. You can get it in a basement, wherever. Just yeah. a piece of it, yeah. and drop it in there. If it bubbles like Alka-Seltzer, you have a high concentration of um, the lime, of lime in yeah, the mortar. Yeah. It's a if chemical it, reaction. Right. Yeah. If it just kind of bubbles a little bit, okay, it's not a problem. Another thing, just go over your wall. And even if you have wallpaper on it, if you feel the bubbles in the ridges of the lime, because, hey, they didn't crush it like powder, right. you know, because right. we can see the bubbling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you get a lot of that... Don't do the EMF meters. Try to, or the electronic equipment, because chances are you're going to get an improper reading with the Lyme energy in the room. Right, right. And a lot of people don't realize this because on television, they don't teach you that. This is something that has to be learned and taught. That's why paranormal groups should get a mentor that's been in the industry for years that can see all the variables and and. And engage whether we should use this equipment, not use this equipment. They don't have experience. That's the type I mean, of team you want in. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, what would you use? Some a doctor, a surgeon, five years out of med school. No, we're not all if fan- I can avoid it. fancy talk and jargon. They're going to open your chest up. Right. They're going to do heart surgery. You might have all the latest ideas, but it's not yeah, the experience. There you go. You know? You'd use a guy with 20, 30 years right. experience, right. hands down, because he can see it coming because mm-hmm. he has been there. This is one industry where the longer you're in it, the older you get in it, the better you are. Yeah. And well, I don't know totally everything. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of things. Well, there's always new stuff being found, too. Of know? course. Of course. Always new stuff. But yeah, a, lot of the, a lot mm-hmm. of the instruments are based on energy from the past, electricity, energy. We can all gauge that. The machines gauge it and all the stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when you're encased in... You know, got granite underneath and lime over here. I throw those things out. I would try maybe a more natural approach to be able to feel it. Or if mm-hmm. the items work on command, we're supposed to be intelligent when we pass away too. The energy is right. of an intellect. So mm-hmm. why can't that energy move? The EMF meters make it blink, make it stop. We showed that on and, the Chronicle show. Yeah, you did. They were communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Made it go, made it stop. Mm, you I only saw you yeah. only saw a bit of it. We were doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. and they were just standing there with their 
eyes like you know deer in a headlight yeah. like oh yeah. my god it's real and it's real it's yeah, real it's real that's what you call real paranormal 98 percent of it is made up in your head what i look for is that two percent and how to take that two percent and teach people how to tap into that mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. what i want to do really quickly I, is that for the new listeners what is what is evp EVP is electronic voice phenomena. Basically, all you do is you talk into a digital recorder, and um, when you play it back, hopefully your questions have been answered by a voice from the past, and it usually sounds mechanical because spirits don't have uh, vocal cords. I want to ask you about uh, your sense of of the nature of spirits. Um, I had a... When we first bought this house, we had a, an electrician rewire the house. Mm-hmm. And he was an old kind of New Hampshire guy. Been, his family had been in New Hampshire for generations and generations. And he said, uh, he, he was telling me that um, before houses were electrified, you know, where electricity was brought in, spirits were much more prevalent. They were almost accepted as a part of existence. Mm-hmm. There really was no um, disconnect between humans and spirits it was sort of just all part of one thing you know mm-hmm. and he said when they started bringing ele- bringing electricity into the houses it it impacted that somehow now do you do you get the sense that spirits are electrical in nature since um you know our bodies are essentially electric i mean the universe is a, is yeah. essentially electric is is that the is that your feeling or or, or what do you what do you think their essence actually is oh i is? think Partly true, yes. The um, energy always has been here. Energy always remains. Mm-hmm. So that, that theory would be true. Um, as far as um, the different settlers in different areas uh, having like a real cohesive blend between the spirit world and the real world mm-hmm. before electricity. Right. Uh, like I, the Native, I to- the I totally Native Americans yeah. had that I to- relationship, I think. I totally understand that. And, and one of the simple reasons is because electricity brought light. Even hmm. the gas lights brought light. A lot of people in the dark can't see well, the imagination, they're not as educated. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they're dreaming up this thing. Like, we can go back to the um, witchcraft trials and the ergot poisoning and the girls mm-hmm. wanting basically just attention, uh, start whipping right. everybody around in right. this frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it took on a different shape and people wanted to own people's lands and, you know, all, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, it starts a hysteria. So now we have the lights on. You have the lights on. Well, I can see in that room now. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a negative energy that they felt when the lights were off. But somehow negative energy kind of goes poof when the lights go back on. That's why they film the ghost shows at night, because it looks scary. Mm. And that's the only reason. Well, Mm -hmm. it's one of the only reasons that Mm -hmm. they do film at night. Why why do you think um, spirits remain in this plane or in this realm? And some and some some pass over into into whatever there is next. Why, what do you feel holds spirits? I think what holds what holds spirits is maybe their their attraction or attention to um, you as a human being. Mm-hmm. Y- your energy feels great, and they just want to be around something that feels good, mm-hmm. and so they hang about. Um, I firmly believe my grandmother's in heaven, mm-hmm. but yet if I need her, she stands in front of me. 
So they can come and go back and forth. They can pass between. Um, they, they pass between mm, when you need them mm -hmm. because it's just energy. I, I feel like there's it, it's close. I, I think the other side, whatever whatever is over there, is is very close. And so I think it's a thin veil, right, between this world and the next. And, yes. and I think some spirits can go back and forth. Yes, I do. I do and think maybe so certain, as well. Maybe there's certain energy spots where that's easier too. Mm -hmm. You know, where the, this this town happens to be a, a high earth energy place, as we sure. talked about earlier. We didn't talk about that on the podcast, I don't think. But um, I think we mentioned earlier. No, no, we admit we I mentioned think we that talked when we about it in our conversation. Yeah, there's two ley lines. Ley lines are, are earth energy lines mm -hmm. that 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 connect that cross in in this town. Right. So that brings a lot of earth energy into the town, which is why a lot of artists and things like that have been attracted to this mm -hmm. place over the years. But I think that also adds to the to, to maybe the psychic energy too. I, I don't know. That's my theory, I guess. But do you have you found that to be true or I would say so because it brings in the creativity mm -hmm. the creative people mm -hmm. yeah. which would be the artists musicians right. right it would also bring in psychic people because mm -hmm. they have that ability right. to interpret what they feel the energy is mm -hmm. it also brings in a lot of people with psychological problems because they feel accepted uh, I know that when we do events um, I would have to say, there are people who are um, have psychological problems. Yeah, I mean, and, and they come to get their weird thoughts and their weird things validated. Mm -hmm. And so, I become like a counselor at at points. So uh, when we've done things in like this area here, the Monadnock uh, Inn, uh, we've done that. Um, mm -hmm. We had a. I'm not gonna say an extreme amount of strange people, but we had a. Um, um, a large group. Um, we we filled the place; it was sold out. But a lot of the people came, and they had, um, I guess, problems that um, their family wouldn't listen to them, mm -hmm. and so they have a place to air that out. When we do something maybe closer towards like the sea, you know, then we have less. So I'd have to say the gravitation of the energy pulls them towards. You know those places, and mm -hmm. again, we become the counselors. We we listen to them, and we talk to them, and we give them plausible answers, and we do highly suggest to go for a tune-up, um, whether yeah. it's for medication yeah. mm -hmm. or just be looked at again. That these things cannot be ruled out. It could be environmental. It could be med you know medical, mm -hmm. uh, but if it's if it's if you get it checked and it's not that, then maybe it could be all these things. Mm -hmm. On the well, I think people with psychological conditions are out of balance somehow. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, whether it's brain chemistry or, or whatever it is, or some lack of balance, and, and maybe your energy somehow balances that out a little bit. It makes them feel better. I think people that are in, in psychological pain feel bad. You know, they, they just they do. They, do, they just don't feel good they about do. being and, alive. And that's when the big hugs come in. Well, that's what you're talking and about earlier. Embrace yeah. And embrace yeah. and take mm -hmm. nice pictures mm -hmm. and keep in contact. Mm -hmm. um, but when it does cross the line, well, you, yeah, you, you, you have, to, have, have, you have yeah. to let them know yeah. in the police department too that <laughs> hey, there's a problem here. <laughs> yeah, <I'll, laughs> you know? no, no, you can't let people do that kind of stuff. But I think that your your work basically is about making people feel better, feel better about their. Right by adjusting themselves. the by adjusting yeah. the energy, so yeah. then they can understand mm -hmm. themselves mm -hmm. better. And and maybe that leads to you know maybe too far, <laughs> you know like that's in their you know, brains. I want to yeah, get I want to get, get a little more of that, you know. <laughs> I feel, but but it's it's unfortunate that there's so many people that are psychologically impacted, you know. And it seems like 
society sort of contributes to that in some way. You know, it I makes just want to tell feel you, bad. your puppy here is laying on my feet. Oh, is, he, is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he loves you. He, I clearly, know he loves clearly. you. He's trying to follow he me around the house earlier. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, he feels your energy. If you, if you look at what's going on in society right now, especially with what we consume, you got all these additives, preservatives, artificial right. flavors, and coloring. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's also all these pesticides that we put in and all these crazy fertilizers that mm-hmm. that don't come out of the back end of an animal they come out of the back end of a of a, of a chemical plant right. somewhere not to mention and, gmos and and, yeah. and and then we wonder well how come there were how come were, there were all these peanut allergies there was there, there wasn't peanut allergies 30 years ago childhood leukemia where, where is this coming from asthma yeah where's oh, it where's, where's it coming from and it was just like for for me somebody who had looked at all of this and it was just like i mean you look at the ingredients in on on the back of um a box of um uh, uh, um kid cereal breakfast cereal and you look at this and, and it was just like this can't be healthy and you find out that like red 16 coloring red 16 has heavy metals in it and yeah. it was just, oh and now and and where's autism coming from Auti- right. you know and it was just like we're, we're we're blaming this and we're blaming that and oh and, and by the way here here have some fruity plebbles go go you know go sit in front of the tv and, have and some chemicals yeah. Yeah. have a bowl of yeah. chemicals yeah and that yeah. goes that goes to the dumbing of dumbing down of society absolutely and i think that's real over medicating the students mm-hmm. not letting them be like i would say the boys are always active and mm-hmm. you know climbing this and fighting that right. that that that's instinctual they, they get 20 minutes a day to go out and run around yeah that's, that's not yeah. enough for some no and today. then the rest of the time they're, they're sitting there with the clicking 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 and, clicking they're, their and phones they're forced to sit in a seat and do whatever it is they're yeah. given to do and and it really takes away their create creativity mm-hmm. oh yeah, it, sure oh, does. I think oh, yeah. it does yeah. yeah it thwarts it thwarts it you know yeah. you're, you're again you're forced to be in the box that the teacher wants you to be in or whoever it is you know right. Saying, right. this is the way you have to do this well well, that's not always true. There's a lot of different ways to do different things, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and if if you're told over and over again that your way is no good, guess what? You're going to want to do it the way that you know most people. Some people, yeah, can't I, get put. I in think the they're box, teaching but. today's uh, school students mm-hmm. how to do what they're told, not what mm-hmm. they think. Like right. they can't think mm-hmm. independently and right. and then execute it. I mean, for instance, I um there was a shootout two streets from my home. And I, I wasn't going to go. I was on a phone with Terry. I'm not going over there. I'm not going to go over mm-hmm. there. And then something said, go. I put she on went. A, I went. I had put a on camouflage your, put on your suit. tactical gear? I did. <laughs> I had a camouflage uh, shirt and I had the um, forest green pants. Put my hair. I hid my hair. And I had my cell phone a stuck. Comic, that's a comic book, comic yeah. book right there. <laughs> yeah, really. Sure. Stuck in my, um, my pants. And I uh, climbed on... Top of two cars that were broken down onto the fence into the yards, and I'm crawling. You you can actually see it through the mm-hmm. cell phone. The arms going like this with the camouflage, and I got up within three to five feet of um, the Manchester, New Hampshire SWAT team, <laughs> and I'm filming the whole thing for Channel Nine, and they used part of it, really? and then they put wow. it up, That's cool. and it got. I can't remember how many hits it got. Probably around. 22-something thousand, thousand, thousand. thousand. But wow. then with CNN, it got well over 2 million. So with a combination of different things. And they're wondering, like... Did you get like, credit for it? Yeah. Not, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And they're wondering why, how could she get so close and nobody saw her? Well, for one thing, no one turned around. They thought their per- perimeter was sealed. Right. Always turn around. I know when I went through training, I went through extensive training. 
I think the training has changed. Oh yeah. Because yep. they yep. they they were told I could hear them and you can hear them through the cell phone. They were told to stand and look that way. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, it takes two seconds to look behind you. Right. You know, and well, there I was. They're conditioned. Right, and I that. think be, between these the medication, the dumbing down of society, mm -hmm. acceptability of um, things not being up to par, we have to make it all equal, you know, that kind of thing. There are no winners, we're all winners. Uh, no, we need people that are independent thinkers that can turn their head and look behind them Absolutely. and say, hey, you know, there's a mom of five kids and she's two feet from us. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get her out of there. But they didn't. So I, I, I took my training serious. Um, I think they should be retrained. I, I showed how easy it was. If I were someone that was a terrorist mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. I could have very easily done damage. But all I had was a cell phone. I yeah. was filming it, which mm -hmm. I think is damage enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what I think is amazing is that there are so many of us who are starting to wake up. Not the four of us here in this room, but I think that um, we're all looking at, at education and we're mm -hmm. saying yes. that because I mean I was able to when I was in high school I looked at the, the, the books that my parents read when I was th that age mm -hmm. and they had I mean they, they were reading like you know like Silas Mariner in like mm -hmm. the sixth grade right and it was and, I read that and you had the, and these stacks of books and it was like when I looked at the books that we were reading when I was in high school and it was like it was like you know, cut down to just a quarter of that. And That's I, right. Then I look yes. at my nieces and nephews and and my sons and what they're reading, and it just seems like it just gets to cut down a quarter and a quarter and a quarter. And, right. And, and 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 I was shocked. Right. When I found out that my nephew, when he passed through the same high school I went to, and he had some of the same teachers I had, that he he didn't read 1984. And 1984 is like one of those. That's the perfect book when you're when you're in the eighth grade, and it's like you read. And it was like talking about well, big because brother. it opens up your mind, <clears throat> right? Exactly. Which is what they don't want. Right? They yeah. exactly right. they don't want that. Do you know they don't even teach cursive handwriting anymore? Oh, I know. I know. It's going to be like hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. By the time we all get in a nursing home and we're writing something down because maybe we can't speak, so we that's write a, it in cursive. That's a good point. They're going to have point. to get a translator. I, I, I can't read cursive. It's like a it's different that. language. Yeah. It is. yeah and some people can't even read. They can't read. It, it, it's, well, everything's done with it. keyboards now. You know, yeah. they, they do everything by keyboard. Yeah. And when I write, I write by hand. I, my first draft is handwritten, right. yeah. you know, which is probably a dying art, I guess. But I ran across the term, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's called sheeple. Yeah. Oh, yes, combination, combination I, I of that. sheep and people. Oh, yes. They want people yeah, to be herded. Following so, the so herd, yeah. Yeah, we're all herded. We're herded yeah. into different things. Yeah. And, and that's uh, you know that's unfortunate. It's called, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, but it's a it's an intent. It's not just by accident. There's no, an, there's intention behind accident. it. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a plan. I think you know that uh, yeah that we're get because you know if you think independently, you don't do what you're told to do, and you don't follow the 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 you know the line that you're supposed to follow. You know, right. and then things don't go the way. They, I say they in quotes, <laughs> the big they, whoever they are, I don't know. You know what they uh, say. We, we talk about them, them, yeah. whoever they are. I haven't met you. them yet. No. I want to. They're out there. <laughs> they are out they there know. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of intention around getting people to just lock, lock Just step, conform. Follow, you know. Just conform. And that doesn't lead to good things. You know, look what happened in Germany. That, I'd rather not, not. That was not a good thing. No, I, I know it's not a pleasant mm -hmm. thing, but, but that's the kind of thing that it can lead to. Yeah, but, you know, well, I, but well, it wasn't. 
just Germany, though. It was Italy, no, no, and it was also example. Spain. Yeah, it was just one mm-hmm. example. And the yeah. thing, and we were talking about this earlier, because uh, what we tried to do is we tried to bring a swift end to the Vietnam War during um, Nixon's first administration. We invaded. You mean we had already made enough money by then? No, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, we invaded yeah, Cambodia in mm-hmm. hopes that we could quickly end this war. And then what happened, Cambodia got this, well, the invaders are going to come back. Then they adopted fascism with a mm-hmm. uh, with a right. with a with the uh uh Khmer Rouge and look what happened how many of millions of them had died because of of what we essentially did because we we thought that we knew better and that's well, we thought we could make a lot of money there which we did you know, yeah so that's really what it's all but I mean, the, follow the money that's where it always, right. money. That's yeah. where it always comes down to but I mean I as you as somebody who is <clears> in, in in education yeah and it's like if you watch documentaries like waiting for Superman it's like there's this thing, there is such a thing called tracking where mm-hmm. they figure out very oh, yeah. early yeah, on clearly. which direction are you going to go. Are you going to go into the, into the workforce and be a blue collar guy or are you going to go Girl. into, or, yeah, or, <laughs> you know, or, or are you going to go on the college track and become like a white collar uh, lawyer, doctor, stockbroker, whatever, and you well, realize. Some people find that job too. Exactly. And, and some people are just creative. They just, you know. Mm-hmm. Academic stuff just doesn't really resonate with them, right. you know. But that doesn't mean they couldn't be a great painter or a musician or artist exactly. or whatever. But that stuff is not encouraged, you know. It's 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 sort of put to the back burner. You have mm-hmm. yeah, you have art like once a week or something, you know. But it should be kids, once a day. Kids but... that really that works for them, they don't get enough of that. You no, know? they they get much more of sitting in classrooms and you know learning your multiplication tables and all that stuff, right. you know. And they get deeper and deeper and then they and then they get turned off to school and they don't want to go to school anymore. And then you wonder yeah, why can kids you blame drop them? out of school, you know. But can you blame There's them? There's a big thing about yeah. that now. Why why are so many kids turned off to school? Why are kids being homeschooled? What because the public school is losing their population. Mm-hmm. Well there's a reason for that. It's not just, you know, by chance. Yeah, that's you know, true. School's not yeah. working. It's just not resonating with people. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if if you have crazy wonky ideas that don't fit within the modern you paradigm, like yours, exactly like mine. Because mm-hmm. the, the thing is, is like if I listened to what everybody had said, you know, um, I would still be washing dishes you, well, you'd somewhere. Be curled, in a, curled up in a corner somewhere, sucking your thumb, probably. Huh? Well, <laughs> maybe. You know, I mean, you know, you've you've you've, you've exceeded um, what, I, I, I what exceeded, society's um, yeah. told you you could. Be. I mean, Eric's a brilliant, brilliant guy. He really is. Oh, you just saying? I've had, no, no, I, I don't Come mean on. that. And I know you're going to play that over and over. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he does when I give him a compliment. Yeah. He just kills it to death. What did you just say? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Again. But but you know, if if you listen to what people tell you, you are. You're not going to go very far because they're always going to tell you your shortcomings. They're not going to say, "Oh, yeah. you're great this or you're great that." They're going to say, "Oh, you can't do this right." Or you know, because mm-hmm. it freaks the way it is. It, it, I don't know why it, it that freaks is. grown-ups out when they see their kid stepping outside the paradigm. Yeah, I know it does. But when you jump out of the program, you have to encourage that with kids. You have to. I always did that. I always, when I worked with kids, I, I always worked toward getting them to embrace themselves for themselves right. whatever they are you know it doesn't matter what they are it's what you are and it's what makes you feel good and that's okay that's right yeah. it's not wrong it's, you know but kids just have this sense of you know oh, if i don't fit in i'm you know i'm no good and blah 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 and that's right and, they, and you deal with that on some level too with adults i think well you know, you know most of the adults that come to me um for energy healings that's exactly what they're saying i you know, I don't feel like I fit in. I mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I lost my job. What am I going to do? Right. And they just right. want, I guess, 
like I said, you become the counselor. Mm -hmm. Try to get to the root right. of the problem mm -hmm. and instill some good energy in them and tell them right. it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Follow your instincts, follow yeah. your heart. Yeah. What yeah. else can you do for a living? And then we discuss that. It has absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal, mm -hmm. but they come to you just looking for that. Mm -hmm. They're looking for an answer to something. Somebody right. help me. Because mm -hmm. they can't provide it for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm there to. Mm -hmm. To be that person mm -hmm. to foster, you know, those great thoughts that they have and tell them they're good and, and send them on their way. And most of the time it only takes that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go out and say, you know what, I think I've always wanted to do this. And then they go and they try that and they like it. And um, But they believe that you have some power. That's po that's gonna that's gonna help them change somehow. Right, or something. the power of positivity but, to instill that positivity right, in right, them right. so that they can take that mm -hmm. and maybe think of things positively mm -hmm. instead of negatively all the time. Because if you're positive all the time, mm -hmm. then when you go for that job interview or, or whatever, um, the people hiring you see positivity. And why wouldn't mm -hmm. they want that? Absolutely. Who, who doesn't you, want a positive person? Right. Know? Exactly. So if you go in like oh. You know, people don't want that. They don't want to hear excuses. They just want positivity. And, and exactly, yeah. how are you going to be able to sell mm -hmm. my product to the public or do your job? Right. Well, you're a yeah. self-realized person. You, yes. You've made yourself into what you want to be. Right. You know, and and we all try to do that. I think some people yeah. succeed a little more. I, 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 no, I don't agree. I don't agree. People do that. I do. I I believe that the reason why our society or maybe the entire western world is because we're not self-actualized no I, not, I agree with that yeah but i think people know. would want to do that they would want to be that if they could if they had the ability yeah. to access that and i think that's what you do you know I, i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but and you say it's not paranormal but really in some ways it is because it the normal the norm unfortunately right. is for people to be that's true stuck sure you know in their goo you know, whatever their goo is. Or their box. that goes around and right, around right. and around. It's, it's the yeah. hamster wheel you know, that they're yeah, on. Really. You know? That's exactly so you, it. So you the get them wheels. out of that right. track that they're mm -hmm. on. You know, so that, in some ways that is, that's, that is paranormal. That that's, would be paranormal. That's above that, be the, de the, 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 the real definition of paranormal. Of paranormal. Right. But I know what you're saying. It's yeah. not really a spiritual kind of right. thing necessarily. But maybe it is. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe their spirit is lacking. And maybe that's really what the what you give them is. I give you, it right you, back. You boost that. Right back. You boost yes. that to, for Absolutely them. Absolutely yeah. do. Which, yeah. is, which is the best thing you can do. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. It is. Makes people feel so good. Yeah. Somebody fix me. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people get I into two years and years of psychoanalysis and all yeah. that stuff when, when all they really need to do, the message is really pretty simple. Yeah. You know, you don't, I mean, okay, you do have to go back through all your stuff that you did and didn't do and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you, you really just have to love yourself. Yeah, or, or get a big hug line. from somebody. Yeah, and, you just and, have to get some love, yeah. you know, and love yourself. It starts with you. Right. You lo if you love yourself, that comes out of you and it mm -hmm. brings good things to you. And if you hate yourself, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff that's going to come to you. Right. you know, and I and think people, that's probably what you do. And people see that in you. Absolutely. That you don't like yourself. Absolutely. You're making excuses. It's, you're this, you're that, you know. They may not be able to voice yeah. it or they may not even recognize it. They just know that there's something ain't right. They can feel know. the energy yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, the something ain't quite well, right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I wish that I, we could encourage more people to do, especially in the computer age, the, the social media age, because the thing is, is you can find other people who share the same interests. Right. Like I, I am into I know alternate World War II history. Like what would have oh, happened yeah, if cool. X, Y, and Z? Yeah. You know, 
and 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 it was like, what if Tesla had been able to push some of his his ideas? You know, how would World War Two have been fought? Blah blah. There's a whole bunch of people. It who, might not have been fought, which, right? Which would yeah. have been a good And there are a whole bunch of people who are out there who are into things like they call it diesel punk or whatever, where it's alternate World War Two stuff, just steampunk. And then there's you know people who do you know costume reproductions. There are people who are into mm-hmm. the paranormal. And the thing is, is it just gravitate towards the people who <clears throat> make you feel less weird? And it's, if you look at all of my weird friends on Facebook, <laughs> you know, maybe we're we'll not... have to do that. Maybe we're not the weird ones. Maybe True. you're the weird one. Well, what is weird? What is weird? weird? Weird is something that's not accepted or... or yeah, it's not, it's not within the social norm. So who says that? Who makes that statement about what things are right or not right? You know, oh, I, 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 hear it, I hear it quite often, or at least I used to hear it quite often. But I, I, think, that it's a, I think it's weird... That there are people out there who have no interest in the paranormal. I, I think it's weird that there are people out there who have no interest in things like astronomy. They just haven't yeah. gotten there yet. That's <laughs> yeah. They, they they may not like the paranormal, but I'm it sure it scares people. I think it scares them, yeah. but I'm sure they're like, I had a dream. I wonder what that means. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't believe in the paranormal, but you know what? I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you know what? I just you know I had a dream of Uncle Henry. I think I'm going to say a prayer for him. I don't believe in the paranormal, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sit there and say a prayer for him. <laughs> but it's all the same. It's all the same thing. They just don't realize yeah. it. I think yeah, something's going to happen to me today. I don't believe in the paranormal. You know, they, they do it every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They don't believe in the paranormal. I just think they're well, afraid of that What's word. different about it's going so to church and praying? That's, that's, that's kind of paranormal. It I mean, is, you know, yes. And if you get something happening out of that, okay, then good. But, you know, Fine. it's just a different version of it. That's all. It's, yeah. it's socially acceptable paranormal. Yeah, because more people will say, oh, yeah, well, that's a normal thing to do. Go to yeah, church well, I'll and pray, sit there and pray for a dead relative Yeah. when we could, or try to communicate with a dead relative through a prayer at church. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to do it at home. They seem to have to do it in a big they church. They have to room. go somewhere to do it. Yeah. Right. They have to go yeah. somewhere to do it because that's, that, that's, that's acceptable. Their, that's their first mistake, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they could just sit it's in their all, house and do it. We're, we're all, we, we all have delight in us, I think. You know, We yeah. all have, if you want to call it, yeah, I know we got to go. We'll wrap it up. But if I could make a last thought that okay. is, is that we all have um, divine energy. I think, in some sense, I in us. I say so. And, and you can either access it or you can't access it. Um, and that's what determines how people's lives go, I think. you know. And I think you maybe help people do that. you know. It's exactly what I do. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's okay. the best thing that I think you could do with your life. Mm-hmm. So oh, on that right. note, <laughs> so turn, on that note, I think we need to wrap note, it up. Well, I, I'm just going to go around the table here and, okay. and get some, some last notes from everybody. Okay. Your last note. Walt already gave us. Just me, yeah. Terry, I did mine. Terry, what do you think? What do you think about all this? How? I, what? What are your What are your thoughts after this conversation? Are you talking about specifically the subject? I'm talking about what are your final thoughts on this entire podcast episode on today? On I today. think you're covering a lot of interesting things that we we should hear more about. Um, I don't think we should follow follow the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're you're talking to some creative people in this room, and there's a lot more of us out there. Whoops! <laughs> I keep punching my laptop. It wasn't me. It's not, it's it was not Eric. Good. It's not a good thing. Um, I I'm really glad that we did this today. Thank you for for having me and in, included in this. Okay, Kadraska, what are your final thoughts? Well, I'd like to thank Walt uh, for getting in touch with me, and I also like to thank Eric for the same thing. Thank you very much, guys, mm-hmm. and thanks for the coffee this morning, <laughs> yeah. um, and also the Wish audience. We could have done more. <laughs> you know, for for listening to this, and and hopefully that we can um, deliver a good message of positive energy 
people mm-hmm. can think out of the box be kinder to each other mm-hmm. that's the uh, bottom line and, and, mm-hmm. and know that you know with positivity and hard work things really do pay off mm-hmm. they do look at mm-hmm. me I, I'm, I'm witness yeah. to it right mm-hmm. there and you can um, visit more things that I do and see me at queenoftheparanormal.com and also thank you, Terry for a coming today and uh and the work we have uh later today that we have to do yes yes yep, we do absolutely do. thanks thanks for coming today and, and taking you. your time Thank time you. out of a busy schedule i know you have and, and um mm-hmm. i know this is going to open up some ch- some avenues for you that maybe weren't there before you're going to you're going to get to some people that um you know that, that listen to our podcast yeah absolutely and, and we'll be enlightened by by what you bring bring forward all right thank you for listening Thank you for being here, guys. You're the best. This has been the Metaphysical Connection with your hosts, Eric Renderkingfisk and Walt Schnabel. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained, the paranormal, and the supernatural phenomenons. You can learn more about us on our webpage. Right now it is metaphysical.fedorachronicles.com where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter page. This is also a great way to catch up on past shows, find out what we'll be talking about next time, And drop us a line and tell us how much you love this show and what topics you want us to tackle next. That's also a great portal for all of you to let us know if you'd like to be a guest on our show with a great story or to promote a book that you've written or a documentary that you have filmed. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved.